Good morning. Can you say me good morning? This is Father's Day, right? I didn't know that actually. You know, I, I got a phone call from my son this morning and from my daughter, a car talk, I don't know. Any of you know car talk? It's like, it's like WeChat, right? Do you say WeChat? Yeah, in Chinese, in WeChat, right? Weixin, something like that. Uh, in Korean, uh, they use kato, kakato. I don't know if you heard about that. I have two children. One is a son, a 20, is becoming 27, and one is daughter. She is becoming 25, I think. And my daughter is a mother, so I'm a father and I'm a grandfather. Okay, very young grandfather, right? <laughs> Uh, today, this morning, I'd like to share with you, uh, I have a question, you know, that's the topic of my sermon. I'm asking a question, if God uh, can dwell in man, uh, is it possible for God to dwell in man? Do you think is it possible? Yes. How? Okay, that's my question. You don't have to answer that. Thank you anyway. Uh, I was born in a small country, and my father, with my mother, uh, my mother uh, gave birth to 12 children altogether to my father. It's a huge family, actually. And I have lost two sisters. One sister, last year she passed away, when she was about 70-some years old. And my, one of my sisters, I've never seen her, she passed away when she was 7 years old, before I was born. So we lost two. We are now 10 uh, sisters and brothers all together. Of course, my parents passed away a long time ago. And when I was a kid, I just, you know, I felt very lonely and very poor. Actually, my family was very poor in, in a village. And hopeless, in a sense, because my father, he couldn't take care of all these, you know, many children. Uh, he had a, just, you know, modest job and he couldn't, I don't know. When I was born, uh, I was born very late. He began to go to the gambling place every day, and he spent day and night there. So what I remember regarding my father, he was a gambler. You know? He didn't take care of his children, and he didn't take care of his uh, wife. Simply, he, just, he was in a gambling place always. So I was really hopeless. You know? I was miserable, in a sense, when I was a kid. And I see you have good uh, parents here, and I also see uh, you are very talented in music. I see you have a great uh, orchestra this morning, right? Uh, I'm so glad to see and hear your music. Uh, you have all the chances you know, to enjoy the music or arts or sports uh, with your parents, but when you uh, are born in a poor family, uh, you, you don't, usually you don't have such chances. So I hope you can be grateful to your parents But uh, since I met my father, another father, uh, his heavenly father, I just, you know, he, I realized he brought me great change in my life. The impact he brought me, uh, upon me was so great, you know. Uh, my lifestyle has been changed, and uh, my feeling has been changed. Many things, actually, everything has been changed, totally changed. Even though my father didn't take good care of myself, me, And I, I, I saw this in this God, a great father, you know, who always take, uh, has taken care of me. I was, you know, a long time, very many years from, uh, far away from my family, from my parents, from my uh, siblings, but still 
God the Father, He has taken care of me so long time. So I, I'm so grateful to my father, this father, okay? Of course, I have to say I'm so grateful to my father who, you know, gave me birth also. Anyway, he's my father and I respect him, okay? This morning, uh, we read uh, John chapter 14, John chapter 14. This chapter, I really love it, you know, I love this chapter. And I know there is a misunderstanding among many Christians, many pastors perhaps, you know, the readers of the Bible, when they interpret this chapter, they see something different from what I see you know, in this chapter. Uh, I don't know if you heard about the interpretation of this chapter. Some people, actually many people, interpret this chapter. Jesus is leaving the world and he's going to the heaven, uh, to his Father, to prepare a place for the believers. And when the place is ready, he will come down and he will just bring us back to the heaven, you know, that we can enjoy the great house in the heaven. Uh, That's the very common interpretation of this chapter. But when I read this chapter many, many times, uh, of course I read in Greek, you know, the New Testament is written in Greek. I teach Greek and Hebrew, that's why I can read Greek. I brought here Greek Bible. And I realized here in this chapter, Jesus is talking about something totally different. He's not actually talking about the place where the believers are going to live in the future. Actually, he's saying something different. You know? uh, he's talking about a dwelling place of God himself. Uh, we say the triune, or the, uh, we say the Trinity God. Okay? God the Father, God, and God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. Uh, the place where God is meant to live, to dwell. Uh, this really is something di- totally different. You know? I was surprised by this new understanding. And I began to think about this chapter. And the more I think, the more I meditate on this chapter, I realize you know, it's a really great privilege that we can be a dwelling place for God. You know? I'm saying again, it's really great privilege for us human beings to be a dwelling place of God. Uh, I was educated by the Jewish people in Israel almost 10 years, so I know some terms uh, of Judaism. There's one very important term in Judaism, I don't know if you heard about the term Shekinah, uh, Shekinah, perhaps you didn't hear about this term. Shekinah is Hebrew, it means dwelling, or simply living, Shekinah. When the Jewish people say Shekinah, you know, it has different, it has more meanings actually in it. Shekinah, the basic meaning is dwelling, dwelling. And they continue to uh, explain the dwelling of God, the dwelling of God. Then it gets a new uh, meaning, which is the glory of God, by the presence of God. For example, if you go to uh, Exodus chapter 19, you can find God, uh, God has appeared uh, toward the whole nation of Israel. That time about two millions, okay? He appeared toward the whole nation of Israel in glorious way. And they were shocked. They, they were terrified. And they said, no, 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 we, can fa- we cannot face you, okay? Let Moses, let Moses become the mediator because, uh, between God and us. And they were so afraid of God, the glorious God. That was the first Shekinah of God, the glorious presence of God, or the glory of God by His presence. There's the meaning of Shekinah. And second time, we know God has also shown His Shekinah, His dwelling, 
to us as human beings that's by the coming of Jesus Christ. You know, we can understand the coming of Jesus Christ as a kind of Shekinah, okay? the glorious God. He became flesh. He dwelt among us and he was persecuted. He was crucified on the cross. The human beings didn't realize who he was and they, they, they decided to kill him. Okay? But still Jesus came as a Shekinah. And today, in this chapter, John 14, we can find another type of Shekinah. There's the Shekinah by the Holy Spirit, okay? And I'll continue explaining of this uh, contents. By the way, when uh, the Jewish people say Shekinah, this word, they have one more meaning, you know? These Jewish people not believing in Jesus Christ, okay? They, many of them don't believe in Jesus Christ anyway. Uh, those Jewish people, they say Shekinah, the dwelling place, and the glory of God by His presence. And the last meaning is, this is what they say, okay? Not the Christians, okay? The Jewish, non-believing Jewish people, they say, Shekinah means the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit. Okay? The Holy Spirit. With this concept, understand, I can explain, you know, what Jesus meant to, to say in this chapter, John 14. He is mentioning about the Holy Spirit. the coming of the Holy Spirit, or the Shekinah of God in us by the way of the Holy Spirit. This is the main content of this uh, chapter. By the way, uh, I have a question, okay? Have you ever seen any demonized person? In our Bible, English Bible, they have demon-possessed, okay? Demon-possessed. I don't think that's right translation. I will rather translate demonized person. Have you ever seen? Do you know anyone? Okay. I had a chance to see some demonized people. Okay? For example, uh, a woman, she was 44 years old, a long time ago. Okay? I know this woman because her three sons, three children came to my church. Okay? And I had to, as a, a Bible teacher, I had to take care of these three sons a long time ago. And I had a chance to know their mother. Okay? Actually, she was demonized. She tried to speak tongues. I'm not saying speaking tongues is bad, okay? She tried to speak. She just thought, Lord, give me, let me speak tongues. And all of a sudden, a spirit came to her. This is my own witness, okay, testimony. She told me this story. And a spirit came to her. Okay, I'll teach you how to speak tongues. Just follow me. And she was so happy. And she followed step by word by word. phrase by phrase, sentence by sentence, to the Spirit, okay? And she didn't know what kind of Spirit it was, okay? Anyway, she followed the Spirit. And since that time, she became demonized. You know, when I met her first time, she said to me, if I go to church, okay, if I attend any church meeting, I just, you know, become crazy. I don't know why. But if I just live away from the church, I become okay. And her husband didn't believe in Jesus Christ. And any time that happens, you know, he brought her to the hospital, mental hospital. And using the electric shock, she was able to be healed. I don't know if that was real healing or not. I don't believe so, okay? The spiritual matters cannot be healed by electric shock. Okay? Anyway, when I, was met, uh, when I met the first time, she was quite normal. And she was able to just tell me the story, you know, she experienced. A demonized person, 
You know, since that time, I had chance to uh, observe many times. I said, okay, the Holy Spirit, our Spirit, the Spirit of God, is much stronger than your Spirit. Okay, the Spirit, the evil Spirit or unclean Spirit. So you just come to the church and worship God and and just rely upon Him, and He'll help you. Okay, etc. And she began to come to the meetings of the church. And after about one week, something happened. She was doing something very strange emotions, you know, in the church during the meeting. I was shocked. And the whole church began to pray for this lady. And this lady, she knew everything. You know, actually, I have to say, the spirit in this woman knew everything, okay? For example, we had in my church at that time, about 30, 40 years ago, okay, with some elders, you know, Some elders just went to a house to pray for her, and the spirit in her said, "Okay, you elder, you are the person who abet your wife." Something like that. Okay, the spirit in her knew everything. You know, I'm saying the spirit, not she. Okay, not the woman. The spirit knew everything about any, you know, anybody. And many people didn't dare to go home to home to pray for her. Okay, and. Some people, she was so the demon was so praised, afraid of some people. Anyway, the demon knew everything, everybody, and so bothering to her actually. And this lady is she is a weak, very small, you know, little woman, but she was powerful when she was demonized. And several people, you know, many young people tried to hold her, but they cannot. They couldn't. She was so strong, you know. Sometimes I heard a voice from her mouth. It's not a woman's voice. It's a man's voice. Sometimes children's voice. You know, sometimes, you know, talking dialogue within, inside her. A mother's voice and kid's voice together. Dialogue, okay? I was surprised, you know. This is kind of, you know, motions or behaviors of demonized person. So you have never seen such people. Okay, can you imagine... A man, a human being, can be influenced, can be influenced by a demon or demons. Okay, a demon. This word actually comes from Greek. It's not pure English word. Okay, demon. That's Greek way of pronunciation. Demon. Sometimes in the Bible, evil spirit or unclean spirit. It can be plural or it can be singular. Okay, spirits or spirit, a spirit, or a demon or demons. Okay. Anyway, it's quite possible that human beings can be demonized. Okay, and sometimes you cannot recognize if any person is demonized. Okay, sometimes I feel some people really are demonized. How do I know that? You know, they are so lustful. Okay, they are so concentrated, thinking. You know, thinking everything as sex, something like that. Okay, also evil. You know, then I feel perhaps these people. These people are demonized. Okay, it's quite possible. You know, I don't know if we, if we can say that or not. Some people, you know, try to eat anything to see. Okay, they they see. Uh, you can see such people also. Okay, they have to eat and eat and eat and eat and eat. Okay, day and night. I don't know. It's kind of demonization. I don't know. Anyway, demons exist. Okay, and demons can influence human beings. And demons are called spirits in the Bible. Okay? They are evil spirits. They are the spirits under Satan. 
under the devil. Devil is always in singular form. It's not in plural form. Okay? The demons under the devil. The devil is Satan. But in this chapter, chapter 14 of John, Jesus is saying about another spirit. There's not demon. There's not unclean spirit. There's a pure, there's the Holy Spirit of God. And God wants to dwell in us. He's not being demonized, okay? He wants to dwell in us through the Holy Spirit. That's what Jesus is talking about in this chapter, actually. I don't like to be demonized, or I don't want to be influenced by demons believing in me. I believe each of you has some kind of ambition or dream. Or for, for example, you want to be a president of this United States, or I don't know, you want to become a mother or father someday, right? And perhaps some of you want to be great musicians, I don't know, a scientist, a doctor, a lawyer, or financial specialist, you know, everyone has his or her own ambition or dream or desire. What kind of dream do you have? What kind of ambition, everyday ambition, do you have? Okay. You have, right? One of them, right? All of you have, I think. I have one dream. What dream it is? I have a dream, you know. It's a long time dream, actually. Because my, uh, when I was, in, was a child, my environment, The, uh, the living uh, environment was not that good, was not desirable, okay? Was not ideal. So I always hoped to have a good house, you know? And I was a country boy, a small village boy. And I always hoped to see the capital city of South Korea. I was born in South Korea, Seoul, okay? I wanted, that was my hope, okay? That was my kind of ambition, dream. And also, in a small village, sometimes I saw the sky. I saw the flying airplane, something, you know, flying there. And I said to myself, okay, one, someday I like to fly on it. You know, that was my small, small dream, you know. And now I'm tired of flying. <laughs> I'm tired of living in capital cities, great cities. You know, I like to go back to the countryside. I don't want to fly again, you know, for example. I have to travel a lot. So when your dream comes through, You perhaps in the beginning you will enjoy it, but you know the more you just you know you participate in the dreams, perhaps you won't like it. But have another dream, you know. Another dream is have a good father, having a good father, and that was my dream when I was a small child, and it happened to me. Okay, I have right as I said, I have great father. Okay, his family father. You know? That was my dream. And I'm living in this room now. Okay? I've been living many, many years. And I'm so happy, you know. It's not boring to me. To have God as your father is not a boring thing. It's really a great thing to have. Okay? But I have another dream. Because I feel, even though he's my father, sometimes I just feel I'm a little bit away from my father, you know. Uh, do you know the term uh, remote control? Remote control of parent? Or helicopter parenting, do you know these terms? Okay. You know, many parents want to control their children. Do not say yes or no, okay? Your parents are watching you, okay? Many parents actually want to control their children. Some parents hope, okay, my children become something I want, okay? Many, many parents actually are selfish in a sense. 
And do not say, I agree, okay? okay? Your parents are listening to you, okay? But that's true, okay? I'm a parent also. So he called them remote controller parents or helicopter parents, you know? That's true to many parents, actually. They hope the children turn to be something they want, okay? So they invest a lot of things, money, their time, and emotion, love, everything actually for their children. We have to think one thing, you know. If parents are perfect, it's okay in that way, okay? But the problem with parents are not perfect, you know. The way we think, we expect, is not the best thing actually for our children. I have to admit that, okay? But I know one thing, there's another father in heaven, What he thinks for us, that's the perfect. And that is the best for us. And I hope he can control me. I hope he can be my remote controller or helicopter, whatever it is, okay? My hope or my vision or my dream or ambition is, okay, let him just control me, okay? And if he can fully control me, that will be best life. That's what I believe, okay? If God can control your life, you can be the best man in the world. Your life can be the best one in the world. That's what I believe. So my ambition is, oh Lord God, my Father, just, just control me. Okay? Do not be away from me. Okay? Do not leave me alone. Just always be with me and always control me. That's my prayer. That's my vision. And here in this chapter, Jesus is saying about Here is a promise, great promise of the Holy Spirit. And in the beginning, actually, the disciples misunderstood Jesus. He said, he said, okay, I'm going to my Father, to the heaven. I know you are very sad, but do not let your hearts, okay, be worried about these things, troubled, okay? I'm going to my Father, I'm going to the heaven, but you don't have to worry about that, okay? I'm coming back, I'm coming back. Now, when we hear Christians here coming back from the mouth of Jesus Christ, we, feel, we think, always, we think that the second coming of Jesus Christ. But here in this case, in this chapter, Jesus is not mentioning that kind of coming back, okay? He's mentioned, I'm coming back soon. I want to leave you as often. I'll be back soon, okay? And the promise here, you know, there are, there are different ways of coming back. In this case, he's, he's saying, mentioning he's, he's, he's going to come, in, come back, you know, as the, with the Holy Spirit, okay, by the Holy Spirit. That's what he's saying in this chapter. I'm coming back soon, so you don't have to worry about it. I want to leave you as orphans, and I'll make room or house or home in you, in your body. That's the promise of Jesus Christ in this chapter. So he's promising the new home, a new dwelling place. for his believers, for his disciples. You know, it's really wonderful news for me. As I said, I gave you as the theme of this sermon, okay, can God dwell in man? That's my question. Is it possible? I explained in the beginning, a demonized woman. You know, I believe demons, at least one demon, was living in her, in the body. It's possible. I saw actually many cases, okay? demonized people, I saw actually many of them. And they are not themselves. They are totally influenced, impacted by something else, or someone else, the demons or the unclean spirits. 
It is real powerful impact, you know. The voice, even the voice, not theirs, okay? The voice is the demons. And the behaviors, the motions, everything, you know, was, were not their own. Okay? They came from the demons. Can you imagine that? Okay? And just think about one thing, you know, in different opposite way. You know, when a spirit, the Holy Spirit of God, begins to influence you, you know, you become a totally different person, very powerful, very smart, okay? very capable, very influential person. You know? Just think about that. Is it possible? Yes, it is. That's what the Bible says. In this chapter, Jesus said, okay, I'm going to my Father. So, when you pray in my name, you can do greater things than I did, okay? You can do the greater things, okay? Than Jesus himself did. That's the promise about Jesus Christ, okay? And he said, verse 23, the memory verse, okay? Someone loves me, Jesus says, okay? And keeps my commandments or my word. I and my father will come to the person and make a home with him or in him. That's the great promise of Jesus Christ. He's mentioned his own home, okay? Or the dwelling place of the Trinity God, Triune God. He's mentioning a new home, not our home in the heaven, but his home on the earth, okay, in human beings. I believe that's really possible, you know. If it happens, we can be influenced by the, the Almighty God, and we can be a totally different person. And this is my great, great expectation. Think about this, okay. I'll give you time. Uh, I'm going back to the demonized person, okay? There's one chapter in the Bible, very special, very unique chapter, just several verses. There's in Matthew, Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45. Matthew chapter 12, verses 43 to 45. Jesus is talking about one unclean, impure spirit, okay? This impure spirit, one impure spirit, was dwelling in a human being, human, human body, and for which reason we don't know. He left the human body, and he was looking in an arid, arid area, resting place, but he couldn't find. I don't know, I have to say he or she, I have no idea, so I have to say it, okay? He couldn't find any resting place in the arid area. So he decided to go, to go back to the person. And the demon is saying, I'm going home. I'd like to go to my house, former house. Okay, I was shocked. This demon or impure spirit is saying, when he's saying, when he's saying I'm going home, the home, the house means certain, a certain man, a certain person, okay? I used to say to my student in the seminary, we use business card, name card, okay? Do not, okay, I just imagine, perhaps demons have their own name cards, business cards, and the address, and the address, not, uh, is 18, more, what is the address of your church? Whatever it is, okay? I can imagine the business card or name card of demons, perhaps you can find the address, certain person. Someone's name, 
a human being can be an address, can be an address of demons. I was shocked. The demon is saying, I'm going home. I'm going home. I'd like to go to my house. And a human being can be a dwelling place of demons. If that's true, I can believe at the same time, the Holy Spirit of God can make a dwelling place in me and you. That's what I expect, you know. That's my prayer. You know one term, uh, parasite. Do you know this term? Okay. Parasite, if you open any dictionary, will explain to you an organism which lives on another or in or on another organism, okay, depending on something else. Animal or plant, whatever. Parasite, okay. We have such things in the nature, okay. But when the demons, the demons living, are living in human bodies, okay, the human body becomes the host of this kind of parasite. But when God wants to live in us through the Holy Spirit, He's different from parasites, okay? But He's supporting us. He's not depending on us, actually. He's supporting us. And He's empowering us. And He's giving us all the blessings He, he has. You know? He just gives us everything. He gives, gives, and gives, and gives. You know? He's not taking from us. He's far away from parasites. So I love this. Okay. That's, my, that's my dream. What is my dream? Let God take his dwelling place, having his dwelling place in me. You know, human body, human can be a host, can be a host not for parasites, but for God, for his Holy Spirit. At the same, same time, human body can be a host for demons. You know, either or. If you don't give your body, your being to God as his dwelling place, it's really, really easy for demons to take the place for themselves. I believe many people on this earth are being influenced by evil intentions, behind the evil spirits. I don't know. So sinful. So dirty. Okay? So miserable. That's what I think. You know, many depressions, depression, the people with depressions, and I don't know, some people kill someone else because they hear the voices. I heard such testimony from one elder. You know, usually some people hear the voice from, I don't, they don't know what kind of voice, but just the voice tells, you know, you have to kill someone, you have to kill someone, you have to kill someone, unless they kill someone, you know. There are spirits in this world there. Evil spirits, unclean spirits. But do not forget, God wants to dwell in us. He really wants to dwell in me and in you. And He can influence you, He can change you, He can empower you, He can bring all the blessings He has in your life. I want to live not as myself, not as I am, but I want to live as He is, as God is. I want to live as Jesus is, you know. I really want to empty myself, you know, clean myself, and just let Jesus live in me, making his dwelling place. Then I can express, not expressing my own, myself. Just let Jesus, or let God himself, express himself. 
know, then my life can be a real blessing, you know. That's my dream, that's my vision, that's my ambition, actually. Is it possible? Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Okay. And Jesus is saying here, actually there are two conditions in this chapter. Okay, the basic things before these two conditions, believing in Jesus Christ, okay? That's the basic. You have to believe in Jesus Christ. You have to repent from your sins. Okay? You have to accept Jesus Christ as your Lord. That's the basic. So he's not going back to these basics. He's talking to his disciples in this chapter. But he's saying, just repeating, repeating in this chapter, you have to love me. That's what Jesus says. You have to love me first. Then, what else? And he continues, you have to, you have to obey my words. You have to obey my commandments. You have to obey my teachings. These are two conditions. I'm going back, okay? Jesus is saying, first condition is, what is that? You have to love me, okay? We have to love Jesus. If you love Jesus, and the second condition is, if you obey his words, then Jesus wants to make his dwelling place, he and his Father, together, through the Holy Spirit, in you and in me, okay? These are two conditions. Plus the basic, okay? You have to believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord. You have to love Him. You have to obey His commandments, His words. Then these two conditions, I just I want to go more details, okay, to you. Is it easy to love Jesus? Yes, it is. You know why? He's so lovely. He's so lovely. You know? If it's something lovely, it's very easy for you to love that, okay? Jesus, the more you know Him, you can find He is so lovely, you know? I have to say, the more I, I know Jesus Christ through the Bible, the Word of God, or through the experience between the connection, you know, between me and Him, the relationship, I find out He's so lovely. So it's really easy to love Jesus. And I have a wife, okay, one wife, not two wives, okay? Uh, I have been married with her uh, more than 28 years, I think. And I used, sometimes I say, to, I dare to say to myself this sentence, okay? Listen to me, okay? Dear wife, I love you, but it's not easy to love you. If your wife, i happy to listen to hear such sentence? No, I don't think so. But I'm continuing, okay, to my wife. You know, I'm saying comparing, okay? In comparison, okay? She's a believer, I'm a believer. Is it easy to love God? Yes, it is. No, he doesn't change. And he's so lovely. Okay? He's so much lovelier than my wife. That's why it's much easier to love God than, than to love my wife. And she has to say, answer me back, you know, the same way. I it's very easy to love God more than to love you, okay? I, expect, I can expect the same you know, answer. So it's okay between me and my wife. But that's true, you know. I want to be honest to myself and to my wife. God is really easy to love because he's lovely. If you don't know him, perhaps he's, you know, fearful, I don't know. I don't know. But he's really lovely, you know. He's very easy to love him because he's lovely. You know? He's lovable, okay? Very easy to love him. And second, to obey him. Is it easy to obey him? Yes, it is. If you realize every word, all the teachings he's giving you are so good to you, you will realize 
It is really easy to obey him, okay? I was in military service more than two years in Korea. Sometimes we have to obey a soldier, okay? You have to obey the officers, you have to obey the upper unit people. But sometimes it's not that easy to obey them, okay? Not reasonable sometimes, no? Sometimes no reason to obey. But still you have to obey, it's not easy actually. But I realized to obey the words of God is so easy. Why? Reasonable, okay? And it's good to you. Always good to you. That's why it's easy to obey His words. Then once you love Jesus, and once you obey His words, and God's, the promise of Jesus has, I'm going to make the dwelling place, the Shekinah, in the person. Then, once God dwells in me, we can be a totally different person, okay? Then we have to always try to just empty myself and clean myself and give him chance to live his own life. Last time when I was here, perhaps I don't know, you forgot, I still remember what I said to you, because I was thinking the message of this uh, week. There's one person on the earth who didn't live as himself, as he was, but he lived as someone else, you know. That was Jesus Christ. He came as a human being to the earth and he lived a life, a very short life, not long life, but he didn't have himself. He lived as someone else. He was full of God the Father. Jesus minus God is nothing. You understand, right? Jesus minus God is nothing. Okay? If you take away God from Jesus, Nothing remains. Jesus was full of God, the Father. He lived the life of God, his Father, not his own life. He lived as the Father was, okay? Not as he was. It's a very unique life. That's why his life was influential, okay? Because he lived as God. The same thing can happen to us, to each of us, okay? Once we empty ourselves, Once we clean ourselves, loving Jesus Christ, and obeying His words, and God once decided to dwell in me, then we can live as He is, not as I am, okay? Forget about yourself, myself. It's nothing. It's not that influential, okay? It's not that great, I'm sorry. Okay? I know many people, they just try to be a great person, you know, to make a lot of money, you know, by themselves. Everything as I am, I am, I am something, okay? I want to become a rich man, I want to become something, you know. But they don't know how to rely upon someone else greater than themselves, okay? God is the greatest God. He's the almighty God. And His promise through Jesus Christ, He wants to make His dwelling place in me and in you, okay? And if you want to accept, believe in Jesus Christ as your Lord, and you just clean yourself, and you just empty yourself and love Jesus and obey His words, He's willing to make His dwelling place in you. The Shekinah, the glory of God, by His presence, the Holy Spirit can dwell in me. We, are, we don't become demonized person anymore, okay? I don't want to be demonized, you know. It's really hard work. I saw many of them. It's really terrible to be demonized. I don't have I don't like to have depression, okay? 
I heard several times, you know, some people suicide because of depression. You know, even in this age, many young people have depression. I think there's kind of demonization in a sense. The demons are influencing human beings. They're killing human beings. They're destroying many humans, okay? I don't want to be destroyed by these demons. But I want to be activated by God, His, His Holy Spirit. Okay? I want to live as He is, you know? Not as I am. Can God dwell in man? Yes, it's possible. Not only possible, God wants that, okay? And that's my, that's my dream. Always just giving myself as a dwelling place for God through His Holy Spirit. That's my dream. And that's my hope. And that's my prayer. I hope you guys, okay, once you welcome Him to your life, to your body, you can be a totally different person, okay? This morning I saw in you musicians, okay? Great orchestra. I don't know. Some of you want to be great musicians. I don't know. No? A conductor, I have no idea. I realized, uh, you kid, the boy here, he can change anytime the code, right? Such a talented young man, okay? How many years did you learn piano? I don't know. One year or two years? How many years? You don't remember anymore? Ten years from your mother's womb? Okay. How can you do that, okay? The talents come from God. The abilities, the success, anything you call, name it, okay, can come from God. Anything good can come from God, okay? Love Jesus. Obey His words. That's what Jesus is asking us. Then He will live in us. That's my prayer for you. That's my message for you this morning. Let's pray, okay? Heavenly Father, I give thanks to you this morning for this message, for the word of God uh, through chapter 14 of John. And I'm asking, I, I ask this morning if you can live in us or not. The answer is yes. You can live in us. Also, you like to live in us. So we welcome you, Lord. We love you, Jesus Christ. We want to obey your words. Help us that we can become your dwelling place. I pray in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you.